The Alith Quick Guide to Tubishvat with the voices of Rabbi Mark Goldsmith, Rabbi Laura Jana Klausner, Keith Galgood, Hilary Marks, Karen Graham, David Baker, Ben Brody, Sonia Morland, Natasha Hyman, Amy Jacob, Sarah Goldschmidt, David Shamash, Philip Brody, Kenya Silkman, Selena Gellert, and the Alith Youth Singers. Tubishvat is a signal of spring, which means no more cold weather. It's quite nice to plant trees because if we don't plant trees, then earth will look very bare. Spring means colour, and I like colour. <laughs> I just like the flowers and the blossom, and pink. So, what is Tubishvat? Start with Shavat. That's the Hebrew month in which the festival falls. And the two bit? Well, that is uh, the letters Tet and Vav. Tet stands for the number nine. Vav stands for the number six in ancient Hebrew notation. And so put them together and you get 15. So it's the 15th of the month. Now, Shavat, like all the Hebrew months, is a lunar month, which means, being in the middle of the month, if you go out on the evening of Tubishvat, you will see a beautiful full moon. Well, you won't find Tubishvat in the Bible. You'll find it first referred to in the Mishnah and then in the Talmud. So that's really from 1800 to 1500 years ago. And what it was was this. The produce from your trees, the fruits that they grew, were due tithes to the temple. Basically, you needed to give 10% of their value or 10% of the fruits themselves to the temple as your tax contribution back in ancient times when the temple still stood. How did you work it out? Well, the fruits of a tree from after Tubishvat were due for the next tax year. The fruits from a tree from before Tubishvat were due for, for that tax year, the previous tax year. So really, the original meaning of Tubishvat was marking the time when your taxes were due if you were fortunate enough to own a tree. One of the things I really like is watching buds come out on trees and bulbs come up. My eldest son was born in spring and the thing I most remember about him being born was daffodils coming up all over the place at that time. The sun starts to come in from a different angle which gives a whole new light and it does make life a lot more pleasurable. Yes, I love the spring. So if we fast forward to the 16th century and we find ourselves in Sfat in northern Israel, then we found a whole group of people living there who were trying to recreate their connection with the land, and they developed an idea of a Tubishvat Seder. Tubishvat Seder, Rabbi Law is going to speak a little bit about, about how it works. You need two colours of wine for this, or grape juice, uh, white and red. The first cup of wine is just white, and it represents the white of winter, the bleakness of winter when things aren't growing. And later in the Seder, there is a second cup of wine. It's white with a little bit of red in it. So it's a pink. And that represents the first buds that begin in spring. The third cup of wine is light red. So there's more red with a bit of white in it. And that represents colour of summer coming through. And the fourth cup of wine is dark red, just red. And this represents the full 
bloom and harvest of summer. One of the things we're seeing this year is buds already. The message of Tubishvat, of things coming in their right time, is particularly apt this year when we see early buds. Tubishvat is a very good reminder of, of when the colours and harvests should come in the year. Our spring crocus are already out in our front garden at home um, and that, that worries me a bit actually. The fact that at the end of December I still had some roses out of my garden uh, and now the crocuses are already in bloom. The, the seasons have gone haywire. Daffodils. But they seem to be, or already seem to be budding uh, some, in some places. So they're coming up earlier and earlier every year which may have something to do with global warming I'm sure. Tzfat at that time was a growing community following the expulsion of the Jews from Spain and Portugal, 1492, where people came to Tzfat and as follows most crises, is a time when Jews get particularly keen on messianism, Kabbalism, as a reaction to a crisis that they've just experienced. So here you have the crisis of expulsion and then a very strong stress on uh, mysticism, as a way of reclaiming, I think, spiritual nourishment, and this is one of the manifestations. They sat over an evening meal with different kinds of fruit, each representing different kinds of levels of creation. They had fruit and they had the four glasses of wine. So these kinds of fruit, they represented action, creation and emanation. You have fruits with no shells, either inside or out, so you can eat the whole fruit, such as figs or grapes, and that represents action. And other fruits have internal pits, like dates, and there's a further fruit with a tough outer shell, like pomegranates. And each fruit is being eaten at a different time in the Seder to represent different elements of the Kabbalists' view of creation. If you wanted to do this ritual at home, where could you find the resources to help you? You need to go onto our website, uh, which is www.aleth.org.uk, and there there will be a link to me, and I'm happy to send them to you through email. Were it not for Judaism, marking those moments with Tu B'Shvat, with the other Chagim, the other festivals, I don't think one would be quite as aware of it. Yes, one would see the, the croci coming through, you would see the leaves falling in the autumn, but knowing that those tie into certain actions, certain activities, things that I actually do, is a way of connecting with this marvellous flow of, of, of the planet. Kerch is our twin synagogue in the Ukraine on the Black Sea. We arrived there and uh, there, were, there were a number of people assembled there from the community, uh, plus the five of us from, from Eilith, to bring to the community's consciousness the memory of those who had lost their lives um, through the Holocaust. It was a tree planting ceremony, and in a sense, what is important for Tubishvat is it's, it's the renewal, it's the rebirth uh, following some significant loss. 
when I was 10 years old, and we, we, I knew some friends in Jerusalem because I was staying with my uncle and aunt for three, three weeks, and I thought, we thought it was a good idea for me to, for me to, for me to friends to play with. So they introduced me to other, to, 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 to ident- I think the identical twins also about, I think they were also about, about 10, perhaps a bit younger, and used to keep visiting them. And one day we had the idea to plant trees in Jerusalem. So she planted some trees, who Max called them the, the David Mountain, which was just outside the home they were renting in Ankarum. And that mountain was, was just was just behind that house and Ankham and the village near near Jerusalem and and, and, the, and I assume there still is lots of countryside there. We planted a few trees. I must ask my aunt how those trees had got on because those trees would now be about forty years old. I imagine they must be very tall. Well, I remember like yesterday planting them. Why do you eat a carrot on Tubishvat? The traditional answer was found in the story of Choni Hamaagel, the circle maker. But one day. Honey was travelling along a road and he saw a man planting a carob tree. So that's why you eat a carob. And Honey asked him, how long will it take for this tree to bear fruit? And the man said, well, it'll take 70 years. And Honey asked him, do you think you're going to live another 70 years? And the man replied, I found carob trees growing when I was born because my forefathers planted them for me. So I too am planting them for my children or grandchildren. Now comes the next bit of the story. Honey sits down to have a meal, goes to sleep, and as he sleeps, a rock formation grows around him, hiding him from sight, and he continued to sleep for 70 years. And when he woke up, he saw what looked like the same man gathering beautiful fruit from the carob tree. Are you the man who planted the tree? Honey asked. No, I'm his grandson, the man replied. And Honey then realised he had slept for 70 years. So... That's the idea that when we plant trees, we're planting it not just for ourselves, but for the future. It can take decades and decades and decades and decades for a tree to, be re- to bear fruit, to be there, to be something that's really impressive. Over the centuries after, the festival turned into a way of appreciating two things. One, our place in nature, and two, remembrance of our connection with the land of Israel. I'm imagining my friend who used to work on a kibbutz and thinking about what the farming would be like and how that would remind us about the cycle. That would be a good way of thinking about it. Everything starting to bloom and to blossom. Really a sense of the new year starting. It's a very special time to be in Israel. People coming to Israel, what do you notice? That it makes sense that the seasons in Israel fit the description of the seasons in the Bible. When you've spent your time in in another country, you come to Israel and you're reclaiming that Israel element in our Judaism. So they are using fruits of Israel and wines of Israel and grape juice and the colors and the smells and the tastes of Israel to enrich their spiritual need and their new experience of being in that Israeli environment. In Israel right now, the almond tree is beginning to put some blossoms out and that often people will go out and actually go and visit that and see that happening and maybe take a photograph of that, a little bit like people do in Japan where they take photographs of the cherry blossom and that becomes such an important marker of the coming of a new year. Tubishvat is very much about the cycle of life, isn't it? It's very much about the fact that um, things die and then they are born again and that's the cycle of life. 
This podcast is brought to you by the Northwestern Reform Synagogue in London, England, otherwise known far and wide as Aleth. You can find out a lot more about us at our website, aleth.org.uk, and you can tell us your thoughts and Tubishvat experiences by emailing to podcast at aleth.org.uk. Additional music is by Paul Greenstein at audiovert.com and production is by Mal Walford for blueblah.co.uk.